0: Hello, and thanks for joining me for this Redmond conversation with Tracy Lee, CEO of This.Labs, a modern web consultancy that specializes in JavaScript, although I know you've got uh, your hand in a lot of other parts of the stack here. So Tracy is extremely accomplished and has been a leader in the tech industry space for many years. She hosts the Modern Web Podcast, and for those of you who still use the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, uh, you probably know uh, Tracy as Lady Leet. So Tracy, I'm so glad you could be here today and uh, thanks for making some time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So good to be on. All right. So I'm super excited to have Tracy here to speak with us a little bit about the JavaScript ecosystem and developer relations more broadly. So (laughs) let's let's dig in. There has been a lot of transition lately in the front-end framework space. I'm thinking specifically of Vercel's partnership with Astro and Netlify's decision to acquire Gatsby and the end of its support for 11D. Do you have any thoughts about what is driving this sort of disruption in the JavaScript ecosystem?
1: Um, You know, I I think what's interesting is, like, a few years ago, right, we saw a lot of... It was almost like every every successful open-source project... And every person, every maintainer of a successful open source project was able to raise money or thought that they could start a business to monetize something, right? And so there was a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of money put into that and a lot of, you know, innovation, I suppose. And then, you know, over the past year or so, right, things have kind of slowed down a little bit mm-hmm. or the players who race more, et cetera, et cetera, have kind of become generally more... You know, certain people have become more successful and certain people have like not made it, I would say. Um, So you're seeing a lot of just like general consolidation, in my opinion, within the industry. Um, And, you know, I think in open source and startups, you know, there's a lot of burnout, right? So the question is, you know, and I think this, this doesn't just go for like open source maintainers, but this also goes for like people who start startups. What are your motivations? How much energy do you have to put into it? Do you want to keep doing this or not? And what does that mean? And also, how good are you at how good of a maintainer or founder are you to be able to build a successful thing, right? It's not that easy. And I think the venture world not only has the funds dried up a little bit, but it's kind of made people think in a different lens to say, Oh yeah, you know I probably shouldn't just like throw money at every maintainer who wants to build a successful company because building a successful open source project doesn't mean you're going to be able to build a successful company. Um, so a lot of people again have pulled back from that. Uh, and uh, yeah, consolidation generally, right? I mean, you can, you know, there's a there's hot gossip on Gatsby and why Gatsby wasn't successful. Like depending on who you talk to, right? Um, I think the 11 thing is just a consolidation thing, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, you look at Vercel and uh, just, you know, I don't know. For the past how many years have they just like been buying everything up, or at least that's how it feels, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those seem to be the
0: the star players in and the situation with Gatsby being acquired. It seems to be a big part of that story too. And, and yeah, yeah, your your read on that really really resonates here. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, um I you know, so I'm curious about what you're seeing at this dot labs, and you huh. know where do you see the JavaScript framework space going in the next year, five years, ten years, decade? I mean what you know what are you most excited about and like where you know where where do you think smart money is uh is going at these uh
1: you know folks who are following these conversations I think um everybody's general consensus uh is that React has you know won the race, right? you look a few years ago, you look at React Angular View, who's winning. Mm -hmm. And um, React, you cannot compare with the ecosystem. You just can't. You can't compete with the ecosystem. Um, I think that, again, it just depends on who you talk to, right? I mean, there's just so many hot takes of, oh, modern React is difficult. And then you talk to some other people to say, well, I don't know why you're saying modern React is difficult because it's not. You probably just don't understand what's happening. Or, hey, the React 18 release was good or bad, I mean, you know, there's it's, it's like, which gossip column do you read, <laughs> right? But I think what's really important, though, is that React definitely does pay the bills. You know, React is what most of the ecosystem is building on. Um, maybe not because it's the coolest thing or the fastest thing or whatever, but because it has basically become what, I don't know, 70% of the ecosystem if I just like throw out a random number out there. Um, but I've loved it this year because I've seen so much excitement, right? We started off this year with like, oh my gosh, solid, felt, quick, you know, um, island architecture, like, mm. is it exciting? Is it not? How, how are people doing things? Like that type of stuff is really interesting and seeing core teams Kind of wake up, and it's funny because what we're like end of 2023 uh, from COVID. It took what three years <laughs> for everybody to kind of wake up um, for this innovation to start happening. So I love the stuff that Quick is doing and kind of like pushing the pushing the envelope there. I love what mm-hmm. like you know felt with the felt four release. Everybody's kind of like finally, finally come on after so many years. So hopefully the felt five release comes out soon. You know. Um, everyone is, seems like everyone is adopting signals, you know, Mm -hmm. except for React, for example. Um, and, you know, TC39 as well, right? Like, I think 2015 TC39 was really interesting because you saw all the, you know, all the stuff coming out of it, right? Like ES2015, getting excited about JavaScript, that's kind of when JavaScript really took off, in my opinion. You know, people started getting excited about it. Um, over the past few years, I feel like, you know, it's, I don't know, some of the standards, in my opinion, are like, I don't know, they're not interesting to me because mm-hmm. they're so far removed from like our everyday work, right? But now with tc 39 and WhatWig and things like observables being, you know, added to the browser or signals being talked about from a standardization perspective. Like that's the feel so tangible and interesting. And those are the conversations that are happening now. And it's making, in my opinion, like TC39 and what would just be like way more interesting. You know, tons of stuff happening with CSS as well. Like people just getting excited about JavaScript again. Mm so the innovation, I think, will, again, be really interesting. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you're never bored. I mean, we're a little bored, I guess, in 2020. But um, Solid as well, right? I mean, I didn't mention Solid, right. but like, All is going to be doing a release, I don't know, hopefully in the next six to eight months or so, right? And that'll be really exciting. And they have a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. Why don't we shift gears a little bit and talk about some developer
0: relations stuff? Sure. I know this.lops has been doing a lot of really cool stuff. Um, so... Um, you're a leader in creating content, so I, I'm really interested in um, it, how this dot is is you know generating this content and and really like following the pulse of the developer community. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to the Modern Web podcast, there's the local download newsletter, the JS Minute, virtual events mm-hmm. like the State of DevOps, which aired this month, and then you know so just talk to me about the challenges of curating and organizing this content. How do you decide what's news and information yeah. uh, that is worthy of uh, your your developer audience?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, that's hard. That's hard to figure out in my opinion. Um, but you know, for me generally, I've been all about building community since I got into JavaScript. So I think like, you know, content generally should be accessible to everybody, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, at this thought, generally we are a JavaScript consultancy. So we have a team of about 50 engineers and we work on, you know, projects like T-Mobile, Wikimedia, uh, Google, Meta you know, Twilio, Cloudinary, those types of companies. Um, and we help them with engineering problems. So we love to solve engineering problems. But I think because of my passion for community, what we're able to do is, you know, we really believe in this idea of like making the developer world a better place. And mm. so what that means is, Hey, you know what, if we can help our clients on hard engineering problems, um, sometimes it's people and process problems, to be honest. <laughs> um, and do that, then we can kind of support being able to bring more energy into open source. Because in my opinion, the more people you talk to, or the more people you can get in the same room together, the more problems you can solve. So, you know, when I first started this thought, a lot of it was listening to different core teams chat, right? I was from the Bay Area and I was talking to, you know, the Angular core team. And then, you know, I was on the ArcGIS core team and you know, there were complaints back and forth. And it's like, well, why didn't you guys just all get in a room together? So that type of stuff is amazing because if if literally all it takes is getting the same people, the right people in a room together to make the ecosystem a better place, why aren't we just doing more of that? And that's kind of always been my philosophy. Yeah, so I love to do that type of stuff. And I love to tell stories as well. Um, And yeah, what's exciting? I don't know what seems exciting. That's that's kind of a yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, it's working, obviously. I mean,
0: <laughs> I I found the Modern Web podcast early on, and I'm a, I'm a devotee. I I was telling Tracy how much I like the opening jingle. Like it gets it's a real yes. worm it gets stuck in my head. <laughs> I know. Um, So, you know, so developer relations has taken Mm -hmm. quite a place, you know, both in terms of the content coming out of this dot, uh, but also in your newest venture, DevRel C. So Mm -hmm. developer relations, you know, it's been going through kind of a rust patch recently. Uh, There's been a number of, you know, high profile layoffs, folks Mm -hmm. rethinking the discipline more broadly, thinking of Ali Diamond's video, why I left developer relations. So what do you think signals a sort of healthy and valuable DevRel community? And how is DevRel City going to support teams focused on making the experience of developers, you know, as good as it can yeah. be?
1: Yeah, so what I forgot to mention in my last, you know, last comment is that, yeah. you know, we, we this thought have been doing a developer relations consulting for quite some time. And, okay. um, you know, I typically just do it, like I used to just do it for friends. Like we wouldn't advertise it that much because, mm. um, you know, developer relations is really about building relationships and community. Right. And that's not something you can like, you know, it's like, it's not like marketing, right. Where like you buy a list and you can just spam a bunch of people. It truly is related to building relationships, which is hard. And, you know, you, you can't, you can't do that at scale, in my opinion, in like one specific industry. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of the problems we were trying to solve for our clients were, You know, startups or organizations like looking to start more into DevRel. And for me, it's really about building a foundation. Um, you know, I've, I've in my, in my past life, I mean, I have a marketing background. So like in my past life, I was doing marketing. Um, I did get really good at PR, like community PR at, at, you know, at my last company. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's it's hard in my opinion, but what I really believe is that relationships need to come from within, right? So we would help a lot of companies start a foundation. Like for example, we helped, um, uh, you know, I mean, we've helped like React training, for example, Michael Jackson uh, with, um, you know, the, his training. Like, okay, you're going to do a training in Chicago. What does that mean? Who do you need to meet? What meetups are around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or mm-hmm. startups who are just saying, hey, we want to get into the Vue community. Okay, what does that look like? Well, what are all the meetups? What are all the podcasts? What are all the conferences? Where do you need to go? What does that look like? Who are the influencers? Um, and because again, this is just very like, you're just building lists, in my opinion. Right. Um, we're like, well, let's just build a product that does that for people and give them access to it. Um, It eliminates hours and hours and hours of work. I mean, you're talking about like 40 to 80 hours plus, you know, maybe like God to maintain. I feel like, I mean, some people pay like a full-time person just to maintain these things. Wow. You know, um, so anyways, I think it's like five or $600 a month. um, And then, you know, DevRestLady just kind of does it for you. So starting in JavaScript, um, but again, solving the problem that everybody starts with. And the point is not to like allow you to like spam a ton of people, but the point is to like direct you into the right community. I think, you know, communities, especially in development move so fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody one year can be like, okay, I'm in, like, you know, you look at um, Chloe Condon, right? And she mm-hmm. was like, I don't know, she was like in the JavaScript community talking about cool things. And then like all of a sudden she's like doing something else or like Sean Wang was, you know, in React and then he wasn't doing React and then he was doing Svelte and now he's not doing Svelte and he's doing AI stuff right now. Like, how do you even know that? Um, So keeping track of all that for somebody is kind of what we're trying to do with while City. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense,
0: especially because yeah. it is so difficult, I think, as analysts, we try to follow these threads too. And yeah, it's like a, it is, it's a full-time job trying to figure out where everybody's moving and they're, you know, if they've, you know, created some important content recently. And yeah, yeah I mean, developer relations is not just a static thing.
1: Uh, it moves fast. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, imagine. I was just talking to Max Stoiber. Max Stoiber, he created um, Scout Components back in, you know, 2015, 2016. Oh, wow. I remember when that was. And he created React Boilerplate. And... Um, you know, gosh, I haven't talked to him in so long, but he's like CEO of a company. They raised $30 million. They are in Whoa. GraphQL. You wouldn't, I mean, I didn't know Max was in GraphQL until I talked to him. And, you know, I've been doing GraphQL stuff for like, I don't know how many years, right? And how long yeah. ago, How long ago did he start that company? Right. <laughs> so it moves fast. I mean, technology generally and people move fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. And do you so? Do you think developer relations is in uh, is going to you know survive this? I guess economic downturn. and that's how I typically hear it explained.
1: Yes, um, I think there is. You know, I'm writing a book on developer relations as well. So several city will have a lot of blog posts about this coming out soon. Um, yeah. but uh, I think. People were doing developer relations because they felt like they needed to and not understanding truly what developer relations was. I see. And, um, you know, some, some companies who have like put their entire, you know, their entire marketing effort has been developer relations forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't name names. Um, but you know, they're scaling back and it's just like, what? What? And the problem with developer relations as well is that. The ROI you get on it is Mm -hmm. not immediate. So there's never a direct correlation. It's really hard to find a good direct correlation between what a DevRel person does on a daily basis to like what a monthly or quarterly metric is. Unless you, you know, you can, but like, then is it a vanity metric? Then was it the developer relations person? Was it the marketing person? Was Mm -hmm. it because of a sales thing? Who knows? But I think what developer relations does is really help you find a foundation, right? So, um, you know, there's different areas of developer relations, like developer experience, which, you know, can encompass things like documentation, for example, um, you know, written examples, you know, just general education within the developer community um, is maybe something more tangible, maybe something more like product focused and something that people can like, justify because like the onboarding experience or the retention of a client of a customer for these SaaS companies that are paying for it. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be able to see the direct value on, Mm -hmm. but I guess the question is like, you know, developer evangelism, right? Like going to a ton of conferences is, is there value in it? But I will say, for example, Mishko Hevery, who, um, Founded Angular at Google, um, since moved on to work at Quick and, and create Quick. Um, he, I, I can, he was able to make Quick actually talked about and respected within just a few months. Maybe it Mm -hmm. took him a year. Maybe it took him six months, right? But the fact that Quick was put on the same Left of the same words, or you know, left the mouse of people who were talking about spelt solid, it was spelt solid quick. Mm-hmm. That's huge, right? I mean, that, and that was because Mishko said yes to everything, he <sighs> was at every single possible conference you could ever freaking yep. imagine. And um, so you can't say it doesn't work, right? Like Sebastian mm-hmm. Vitolet, who used to be at Native Script Progress Native Script, um, you know. You could see from the downloads, where did Sebastian go to a conference? And that directly correlated to what country was getting, you know, script downloads. Wow. But like... That's interesting. But like, you know, I mean, that's hard. Like, you know, and I think the metrics and the standardizations of what DevRel means to different organizations and... Um, how they measure value is still so all over the place. And honestly, will the industry ever come to like some level of a standard? I don't know, but like... Yeah, doesn't seem likely. The other crazy thing though, to me about developer relations is, you know, here's here's what I think typically happens in, in a product, right? You mm-hmm. see this all the time. SaaS companies... They have a good sales team. The sales people network with the right people, right? So the C-levels or whoever's signing the checks make these business deals, okay? $5 million contract. Okay, we sold it, okay? So you think that, you know, X saas company has, you know, SaaS product is being adopted everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. But then in reality, boots on the ground, developers hate it. But they're stuck into a five-year contract. Right. But... Developer relations can help that because they can see it. They can feel the pulse. They can help those developers be successful and make it sticky and retain. Or in five years, it, you know, your, your company was dead two years ago. It's just that there was a contract. So the people who are saying, oh, no, we're not going to invest in developer relations right now. Your product might already be dead, but you just don't know it yeah. because fine, you have no. a contract. But in reality, everybody hates it. And, you know, three years later, you're SOL. So, yeah, I still think investing in developer relations is really important. I just think uh, having organizations understand why they're doing it, what they want to do, and um, somehow figuring it out. But, you know, there's there's no real good answer. It's hard.
0: It's hard. No, I I think all of these anecdotes are really valuable. And I I think it just kind of points to the fact that uh, companies need to be strategic when they're thinking about uh, developer relations, and that—that's really that's as close to a uh, you know a, a good answer as you're as you're going to get because you yeah, know, it sure depends on the the products themselves that are, are being addressed, the size of the company. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of factors involved. There's not—it's never just going to be push button for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, I want to thank Tracy for sharing her insights with me today. You can find out more about DevRel City at devrel.city and follow uh, Lady Weet on X.
1: Thank you.